even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream. And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead podcast. Two Steps Ahead podcast highlighting the stuff that's been stepped in so you don't have to. But wait, I think I want to change it. I think I want to mix it up a little bit. I want to try a new tagline, encouraging you and you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. I think I want that to be the new tagline. So Two Steps Ahead podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. It is 10 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Thank you for being with us here on RadioWarp.com, and eventually, you listening on demand, Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can also catch us on YouTube and SoundCloud. And I would strongly, highly suggest you go ahead and you click that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode ever. Because why would you want to? Hey, how'd you like that uh, interview last week with Emily Hibbert? Pretty interesting. She really has a, a dynamic life, been through a lot, traveled all around the world. Got some uh, feedback from it, especially the sex trafficking part and how, you know, a lot of that goes on and yet it's kind of just swept under the rug of society. Don't want to talk about it because it's uh, one of the evils that is hard to understand. But you can go back to, I believe it's episode 78 if you want to listen to that uh, interview. Tonight, what we're going to talk about on this episode, we're going to talk about I went to uh, Mississippi and spent the weekend watching baseball. Thus, if you're watching on video, got my Twins jersey on. And yes, I know they're the worst team in baseball right now. But hey, loyalty is a virtue. And so uh, just want to talk a little bit about that. I also made it to Memphis. I actually flew in and out of Memphis. And uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated in Memphis. And it was really interesting. It was actually Oxford, Mississippi, which is about an hour south of Memphis, Tennessee, Two vastly different worlds. It's amazing what 54 miles can do. Like I said, I went for a baseball, and it was fun. You know, SEC baseball, Southeastern Conference. If you think Southeastern Conference football is pretty good with Alabama and Georgia and the likes of all those schools down there, you know, the Gators of Florida, uh, what goes under the rug is SEC baseball. SEC baseball is like some of the best baseball out there. And so one of the things that is interesting about it is that the fan, the fan base gets out there and the fan base is really what grows the, 
I guess the popularity you could say. But anyway, so I fly into Memphis and then we drive down to uh, Oxford, Mississippi and down there in Oxford, Mississippi, it is completely like isolated. I guess you can say as you're driving down, there's just rows and rows of trees. Now I grew up in Los Angeles and if you've been to Los Angeles, if you live in a big city, you know, the big city is a concrete jungle, right? As far as the eye could see, you've got buildings, you've got skyscrapers, you've got pavement, everything. Well, out there, as you're driving down, you've got a two-lane road pretty much and trees as far as the eye could see. And so uh, it was different. Now, I went to uh, Esterville, Iowa, and to western Nebraska as far as my uh, radio jobs. And so in western Nebraska, in Scotts Bluff, you know, you have kind of like a, a prairie, kind of like an Old West-type feel. Where in Esterville, Iowa, you have kind of like the farming fill. And Esterville had like about 5,000 people. So I'm used to and accustomed to kind of small town living. But it was kind of refreshing to get to a place where there wasn't the concrete jungle like there is other places. It was refreshing to get to a point where um, the lifestyle, the pace of life was slow. Get in your car and you could just go anywhere. You don't need to uh, plan an hour ahead of time to get somewhere because of traffic. You can cruise down... Well, Jackson Avenue, we call it the Boulevard, but it was kind of like the Boulevard. You know, you come out here and you're on the 405, you're on the 110, the 105, the 605, it doesn't matter, you're in traffic, you're angst, you're angry, you're giving the Top Gun greeting to everybody as you're driving by, and then as you get down to your destination, wherever it might be, you're all amped up, uptight, upset, because traffic does that to you. Here, you're able just to cruise, turn on the radio, listen to some local radio, and get to your destination, have some fun, and enjoy a lifestyle what's up ray ray on facebook live i'll be seeing you sooner than you think ray coming back there to visit um and so uh, it was just a different lifestyle but here was the thing that was kind of kind of refreshing about it was that the people there were had the attitude i guess you can say of just self-responsibility and what do i mean by that is you know out here in la we're always governed by everything you know we're governed by the laws we're governed by security we're governed by the people that have a political agenda that is greater than yours everybody wants to push their agenda on you everybody has something that they're trying to push onto you right and so there was everybody was just kind of living their life i mean this was the biggest stress okay this was the biggest stress so the first night we're there it's a friday night six o'clock game time game ends after nine now we get there early four o'clock in the afternoon, two hours before game time, because we like to watch batting practice and watch the teams take infield and just kind of relax and enjoy the environment, enjoy the atmosphere. Now, people have asked me before, why do you do that? Why do you go to a game two hours ahead of time? Well, imagine going to a museum, watching an inanimate object on the wall for a couple of hours, and what you get out of it. Or you sit and you read a book for a couple of hours. You get enjoyment out of it. You get pleasure out of it. And so that's what it is for me. I don't read books. I don't mind museums. I like art. But baseball is a passion. And so I like to enjoy it. I like to take in the sights, the sounds. I like to get there early, walk around the park, you know, watch everything that's going on, get there before the concession stands opens, be the first in line, catch the concessionaires off guard because they're not ready for you yet. But um, so afterwards, so the game ends at nine. So we get there early. We get the hot dogs. You get the ballpark food, right? Delicious stuff. And so afterwards, 
the game's over. Well, you know, it's been a few hours since we had something to eat. Let's go get something to eat, right? So this is the biggest stress of Oxford, of Oxford, Mississippi, a town of 26,000 people. We're driving up and down Jackson Avenue, kind of the main drag in town. Everything is closed. All the fast food joints closed. Only thing open that we could find originally was gas stations, the kind of the mini mart. So we're thinking, are we really destined to have mini mart food? And then finally, we see this thing called cookout. It's a drive through a drive-in, kind of like a fast food joint, but unique, I guess, to the South. And so uh, we get some food and we were spared the mini mart. But that was like the biggest stress was trying to find where to eat after hours because everything closed down. And I remember that from especially my days in Iowa when everything would close down like at six o'clock. And, um, but again, it was kind of refreshing because the pace of life was just different. And it starts to make you realize that there are other places out there. And in life, we just got to take the time to kind of enjoy life, slow down and enjoy the pace of life because we all know that life can change in a heartbeat, whether it's personally or globally, we just come out of the pandemic. And so, um, it was just kind of a fresh reminder that you have to take the time to enjoy life, slow down, not worry about some other things that are out there, you know, and maybe adjust life so that the stresses are removed so that we can have more pleasure in life, you know. And again, there wasn't a whole lot to do after hours as far as uh, non-game time. So we spent a lot of time on campus just touring around and taking pictures and and uh, kind of entertaining ourselves on campus. And then we found a kind of like this bar area. It was like a restaurant, but the restaurant was closed, but it had this huge outdoor kind of bar with this big patio that served as the bar. And there was cornhole and there was ping pong and there was um, other things going on. They had TVs, they had music blasting. And so uh, it was a neat environment. So again, we found something to kind of entertain ourselves with, you know, play some cornhole and play some ping pong and have a couple of... uh barley pops and enjoy ourselves and then uh, went to the game the next day and then Sunday and had a good time the other thing that if anybody has ever been there I would love for you guys to explain everybody and I'm not exaggerating everybody guys were in khaki shorts brown khaki shorts and a polo shirt it was almost like religious and I tried to figure out why I didn't want to go up to ask people, hey, why are you wearing khakis and a polo? It kind of seemed rude. Everybody there was polite. But it was it was weird. That was kind of like a strange thing. Everybody was in khaki shorts and polo shirts. I don't know if it's that's the only fashion you can get. There was an Old Navy. It's kind of like Old Navy clothes, right? Um, but I just thought that was kind of weird. Maybe that's the South. They looked nice. It was clean cut for the most part. Um, but it was, it was refreshing to get out there and to see a different part of the country. And then we go to Memphis and again, we played to start the show, you know, Martin Luther King was assassinated in Memphis and Memphis going down Beale street was a whole different story, a whole different dynamic. You had the nightlife, you had what turned out to be, um, kind of bourbon street. I've never been there before, but like bourbon street of new Orleans, I guess, uh, whatever Broadway or the Boulevard in Nashville, you know, maybe Venice beach out here in California, um, no, went to see Vanderbilt and Old Miss and someone asked on Facebook live, did my team win? Yes, we won Saturday night. And that's the only thing that matters. 
uh, outside of that, it was a fun, fun weekend. Oh, the other cool thing was the fans, the, the college students that are out in right field, when they hit a home run, everyone throws their drink in the air, and so there's a shower of beer that goes on. Uh, so that was kind of a unique and fun thing. And then we found out, too, that uh, classes closed uh, or school closed in April. So it was kind of a, a low, not much going on on campus, a few things. But, uh, but again, it was a nice environment to step out and get something that was completely different than being in Los Angeles with the rat race that goes on. And so it kind of reminded me of some things that, uh, that I'd kind of forgotten about when I was going to Estherville, Iowa, and when I was going to uh, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, that, you know, it's just a peaceful environment. The stress kind of goes away. No angst people. You go into the Mini Mart. Mini Mart people are nice out here. You're lucky if they even say hi to you. Yell at you for not wearing a mask. Uh, again, you could go places and there wasn't homeless. Now, I know 26,000 people versus 10 million is vastly different. But, I mean, come on. Isn't it nice to go someplace when you're not having to step over somebody and not being afraid? You go down to Hollywood and Highland and you're afraid that you might get stabbed if someone comes up and tries to beg for money and you don't give them something. Everybody's friendly and polite. There's friendly and polite people here. Don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about the citywide. Ask for, hey, where's something to go? So, again, that night uh, after uh, the Friday night ball game, it's 9 o'clock at night, and everything's closed, right? We ended up at the uh, the cookout, like I said, some drive through place. But we asked the guy at the bar at the nightclub, not the nightclub, but like the, the bar that I was talking about, the big outdoor bar, asked them, where's a good place to eat? And literally this was the thing. Go down to the gas station at the uh, stop sign. There's an X on. Go inside and you get chicken on a stick. That's the environment we were in. So we tried it, but there was no chicken on a stick. Highly disappointed. Um, Everybody was reasonable. Everybody was responsible for themselves. There was no, like, overlord telling you what to do all the time, kind of like what I get the sense here. When you're, when you're going into places, there's always somebody there, you know, trying to tell you what to do, it seems like. Um, no one's forcing anything on you. You know, the cost of living is completely different. It's two seventy five for gas compared to almost $5 out here. You know, we go to um, lay down the tip, right? And I'm used to L.A., California tipping, right? And so we get a, a bill maybe 18 bucks. And so I throw down some tip and they were kind of like, wow, this is great. Thank you very much. And I'm like, well, the service was impeccable. And I started thinking, wait a minute, this is a different place. I might be over tipping, but then I come up with the excuse like, Hey, you know, I walk up to the bar, the beer's cracked. It's nice and cold. I'm ready to go. You remember what I had impeccable service, right? So you get rewarded for that. And then we had to kind of adjust our thinking as to giving away the tip because it's a different lifestyle. We don't have to live up to the standards of the expectations of LA tipping, right? You don't go and just automatically throw down a 20 because the person waiting on you expects it. Or how about now in California where you have the ability to charge a recovery fee, a pandemic recovery fee, because the government shut you down for a year. Now the government says you can just put a, a fee of like five bucks on the bill for no reason just to recover from the pandemic. Nothing like that going on. Another thing that was kind of fun was it was, it was sunny and it was hot. And the sun beats down differently there. It really does. It's, it's more of a scorcher. Even though it was like 78 degrees, really nice, it was more of a scorching heat. So we go stand in the shade. And we're probably in a place that we shouldn't be, but it's shade. That's the reason why we're there. We're not being mischievous. We're trying to get out of the sun. I mean, look at me. If you're on watching on video, look at me. I'm white. Sun and me, you know, we don't mix. And so uh, that's why I carry SPF 5000 with me. 
But um, but we're standing in the place. Security comes up and just reminds us, you know, if people are walking through, don't block. Let people travel, you know, through the walkway, up the stairs and stuff. But didn't chase us out because they knew, hey, we had to find shade. People were looking for different strategic spots to watch the game and 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 have some shade. So, you know, it was just kind of just kind of a fun and different environment, just kind of relaxing, peaceful environment. Everybody just went about their business. And I just thought that was kind of refreshing. It was kind of refreshing to think that, you know, there's places out there still where here people are protesting the Middle East and things going on. Everything's political. Everything's, you know, like I said, just turmoil. It seems like the rat race. Everywhere you go, there's something. But there was just kind of peaceful. People just minding their own business, doing their own thing. And, of course, the biggest thing was no mask mandate. Had my mask in my pocket, walking around and waiting for someone to tell me to put it on. I ditched that thing. Didn't need to. Didn't need to have it. Because there, people realized that, you know, if you felt comfortable wearing it, then you wear it. Nobody said anything. If you weren't comfortable wearing it and you didn't want to, nobody said anything. Nobody cared. You did what you wanted to do and what you felt safe doing, and no one preached it upon you. Now, granted, the state has approximately 4 million people versus California with like 40, so I get it. It's different. But again, the climate. People just take personal responsibility, you know? And so... Recently, the CDC came out with the uh, new mask mandate guidelines. And so these are the, the new mask mandate guidelines, according to the CDC that came out a couple days ago. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. If you are fully vaccinated, you can start doing the things that you had stopped doing because of the pandemic. We have all longed for this moment. Okay, so that's the CDC. If you get vaccinated, you can do what you want. Well, a lot of us have been doing what we wanted to do. And only by force have we had to put a mask on. People call that irresponsible, but... It's common sense. In fact, Duke and Stanford University over the course of the year each came out with different research studies, showed masks, at least non-medical masks, to be ineffective against it. And that's what happened. Nobody over the time that we went through the pandemic really researched how the virus spread. They just assumed. Remember, this is a virus that no one knew about before. We've never seen this before. Something new. But yet we're applying standards of viruses that we know to something we don't know. Maybe it was different, but nobody bothered to check. We just threw out things, throwing darts at a dartboard, hoping something sticks. And then, of course, it becomes a political thing. So now the CDC says you don't have to wear a mask if you're fully vaccinated. Now, recently, Texas, about two months ago, Texas and Mississippi both decided to remove the mask mandate. A lot of people, including President Biden, called it Neanderthal thinking. Our own governor here, Newsom, thought it was crazy. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible if somebody removes the mask mandate because everyone's going to die and get sick. Well, when we were down there, word came out that Texas has zero coronavirus deaths, and they haven't been masked for two months. Florida, Disneyland in Southern California recently opened. Florida, it's been open for almost a year. No huge outbreaks. So it makes you wonder, when you look at those Duke and Stanford studies that said that the mask actually increases, possibly, 
the spread of corona because if you sneeze, for example, you've got, you know, mucus droplets or moisture droplets that are a certain size. And then if it goes through the non-medical mask, they break down to smaller sizes. And so that could change the dynamic of how it spreads. And so I thought that was kind of interesting, but no one ever really decided to talk about that in the news. And so you've got Texas with zero coronavirus deaths. But yet you have Governor Newsom who came out and said that June 15th is going to be the day that California, we don't wear masks anymore. So here's uh, Gavin Newsom telling everybody the good news. Are we looking at masks after June 15th? No, only, only in those settings that are indoor, uh, only in those massively large settings uh, where people around the world, not just around the country, uh, are convening and where people are mixing in real dense spaces. Otherwise, we'll make guidance recommendations, but no mandates and no mandates and no restrictions of businesses large and small. No mandates of businesses large and small. And when he talked about there, reminded me of like the Olympics. Mass gatherings, people all around the world coming together, maybe the Olympics, maybe a convention down at the convention center. But otherwise, June 15th, right? So why June 15th? Well, school's out for most of California then. So why not now? The CDC says now. But I guess we have to wait a month if you live in California. But it makes you wonder why. Maybe the teachers' unions get involved. Maybe they want to wait till kids are out of school. I don't know. I thought we we're supposed to believe science, but apparently not. Maybe teachers. In fact, there was a, a kid that just came out. I guess the video went viral, a 10-year-old, who went to a school board meeting and started complaining about teachers, yelling at them for not wearing a mask, but then the teachers aren't wearing a mask when they're yelling at them. Teachers aren't wearing a mask in the classroom. And it goes on and on and on about the hypocrisy of teachers. When it comes to masks, we've seen another video where uh, I guess an overweight, out of shape teacher was berating a student, saying he was a threat for not wearing a mask, a threat to her. Well, maybe she should stay home. Maybe she should get healthy. San Francisco, they wanted to return kids to school recently for at least a day a week, if not two. Hey, that's good, right? What for? Education? No. They wanted to get $12 million from the state for having kids in school. Kids are the pawn. But did anyone ever think to stop to think that instead of just jabbing people with a vaccine and demanding everybody wear a vaccine, get a vaccine or wear a mask and do all this stuff, just throwing darts at a dartboard for a solution? What about people that got the coronavirus and recovered? Natural immunity. Shouldn't there have been research into an antibody test to find out if you've had it? Because maybe a lot of people had it and we were locked down and masked up for no reason. See, no one ever stopped to think that we're dealing with something so different that we've never seen before, supposedly, but yet we're going to act accordingly by just implementing things that we do for the flu and things that we do for other known viruses. Maybe we should have tried something different. I mean, Texas, Neanderthals, because they did away with their mask mandate. Zero coronavirus deaths. California, New York, Michigan had high rates. We were masked the most. Did they really work? Maybe that example of those three states prove Stanford and Duke that their research was correct, that unless you had medical-grade masks, 
They didn't work. Obviously, the disease was serious. A lot of people got sick. A lot of people died from it. A lot of people spent time in the hospital. We get that. But if it wasn't a political season, if it wasn't a a campaign year, do you think things would have been different? So Gavin Newsom says June 15th, hey, we get our masks off. But then a couple days later, he says this. We will be updating our mask guidelines, outdoor masking. If we reach that threshold where we hope to be, uh, we'll be substantially, uh, in fact, we'll be eliminated those mandates. There'll be guidelines and recommendations. But for indoor activities, uh, we will still have likely uh, some mask uh, guidelines and mandates. So now he changes his mind. Maybe we'll have some outdoor mandates in certain situations, probably have indoor mandates for a while. And he changed his mind two days later. Why? thought we were supposed to believe science. Who got to him? So at what point does civil liberties and freedom and the loss of liberties and the loss of freedom intersect with safety and security? If you have any comments on the subject, will you wear a mask? And that's the other thing. People are starting to say that they're going to wear a mask even if you don't need one. I mean, Rachel Maddow recently came out and said she has to rewire her brain to see unmasked people and know that they're not a threat. What's that about? Remember we talked about, people talked about masks and indoctrination and people like, no, it's not indoctrination. Isn't Rachel Maddow's statement that she has to rewire her brain to look at people that aren't wearing a mask and think of them as not a threat? A year ago, people not wearing a mask, nobody cared. A year later, now we have to recondition our mind. Isn't that indoctrination? Isn't that the very definition of indoctrination? Will you continue to wear a mask? Heard a guy in Homosa Beach, California, great place to go. Apparently, you can get fined if you don't wear a mask. I was never fined when I went down there maskless but apparently you can he said he's going to continue to wear his mask not because of health reasons he just doesn't want to get a fine so what is the true reason why people are wearing a mask is it because of health probably some maybe a majority others are they wearing it just because they have to probably are you going to wear one even when it's not required give me a call 626-676-8972 if you want to respond you want to chime in 626-676-8972. Also, I encourage you to do your own research. Don't just listen to me. Don't just listen to CNN. Don't just listen to MSNBC or anything on TV. Do your own research. Go check it. You know, they're doing a vote audit in Arizona. People are trying to stop it. Why? Maybe they have something to hide. I don't know. Maybe. I'm telling you to go do the research. Find out for yourself. And don't just look at the headlines. Check into it. Remember like a bibliography in high school when you did a research paper, maybe if you went to college, term paper, you had three to five resources, academic resources that you had to look up. Do the research yourself. Find out. Educate yourself. Because see, that's the thing that we're coming to in society today is we're just relying on what other people have to say. We're relying on what the news has to say. They've been wrong. We're relying on what Twitter has to say. That's a bastion of lies, social media. We're listening to all these people giving us information and we're not doing the research ourselves. And then we find out that the narrative, eventually when the truth comes out, the narrative was wrong. 
Now you're starting to find out that Fauci was involved with the Wuhan lab well before Corona came out. Do the research. Check it out. So a year ago, pandemic hits, and we lose a lot of our liberties. Overnight, we lost our right to freely assemble. We lost our right to gather in our houses of worship. We lost our rights to patronize our favorite restaurants and bars. The mayor of Los Angeles threatened to deputize his city employees and send them out onto the street to enforce the law. Governor Newsom, uh, in a press conference, said that... So we have the ability to martial law and things like that. None of these measures have any end date, and they will continue as long as they need to, or as long as we put up with it. Listen, people are scared, and I understand this. I'm scared myself. But I also know that, as a country, historically, during times of crisis, we give up our rights in exchange for the promise of security and protection. Don't we have the responsibility as Americans to at least question what our elected officials are doing? Should we question what our elected officials are doing? Let me know. 626-676-8972. I think we should. I think we should question everything. People who know me know I question everything. It doesn't matter if it's religion. It doesn't matter if it's the job. It doesn't matter if it's people in my social circle. I question everything. Because we don't know the motive behind someone telling us something. We don't know why they're telling us something. Maybe they have an ulterior motive. Maybe there's another agenda. We don't know. But we should question it. Like I said, Texas, they ended their mask mandate a couple months ago. Zero deaths reported the other day. That was the same in Mississippi. Nobody was wearing a mask. Nobody was really caring because everyone's taking their own personal responsibility. Here was a doctor uh, a couple of months ago that uh, had this to say about whether or not Texas taking away their mask mandate was a good thing. Is Texas wrong to do this? Is it okay to do this? The truth is we know a mandate is not what stops the virus. The mask does. And if you make the mistake of releasing everybody to not wear a mask, the virus will continue to spread. And at some point you have to say, look, opening up really quickly is not the answer. Opening up gradually in an appropriate manner is the right way. But we'll see how this plays out. So this doctor, if we listen to him, would suggest that you go and open slowly. Texas just opened wide up, zero deaths. Obviously this doctor was wrong. He got it wrong. So again, at what point do we give up our freedoms for security? Russell Brand, you familiar with him, the actor? Probably the celebrity, I guess you could say at this point. He had a comment. He's over in the UK, and he's talking about security versus liberty. Government there to try to protect you versus other things that are going on. And so this is what uh, Russell Brand had to say about the whole thing. My personal feelings are that the institutions that have the power to carry this out have not behaved in a way that engenders trust up until now. On Under the Skin soon we have Edward Snowden as a guest who risked his own safety and sanity and liberty to bring to the wider public the way that American government agencies behave in regard to data. We're now on the precipice of granting those very institutions agencies and companies unprecedented abilities to control our lives and our freedoms. In the end, this issue becomes 
not about the pandemic, but about trust and who we grant authority to and how they may use that authority. The Cabinet Office Minister, Michael Gove, says the government is studying a green pass system used in Israel. If the plan does require legislation, the government may try to win over the rebels by promising it'll only be temporary, perhaps for no more than a year. Firstly, if it does require legislation, surely something this radical does require legislation and assurances that it might be temporary for me don't feel that comforting because I feel like that when 9-11 happened for example the Patriot Act was introduced in America new government powers were granted typically when governments are granted temporary powers those powers are seldom repealed this could be a pivotal moment in history Often disasters and times of crisis are used to leverage further power for already powerful entities. I think Russell Brand kind of hit it there on the head. You're granting trust and authority to somebody in hopes that they take care of you. But then when does that government ever, for a little bit of time, remember two weeks to flatten the curve turned out to be a year. Some places, the mask mandate went away sooner and things opened up. But here in California, we're under it for another month. It's going to be over a year, 14, 15 months, two weeks to flatten the curve, we were told. They don't give up that power. So are you willing to give up liberties? A lot of people in California are. They've told me so. They'd rather feel safe and wear masks for the rest of eternity than give up that mask. Talk about the, the Patriot Act. That was 20 years ago. I still had to take off my shoes at the airport. Have we not advanced in technology enough over the last 20 years so that we can go through a screening without taking off my shoes? If you remember, the reason why we take off our shoes at the airport is because of the shoe bomber. Thank goodness I don't have to take off my underwear because of the underwear bomber. Doesn't make sense. I prefer safety and security when it comes to that type of thing. But it's like, have we not advanced? We're such a reactionary society. We're not proactive. We're reactive. We're never prepared for something. We never think of something. And now recently, the government is all into this woke stuff. The army is about woke. The army, the intelligence, the defense, everything's into this woke. Transgendered ideology. We need more transgendered uh, soldiers. You know what? Why don't you just keep us safe? We need an all-female Navy SEAL team. Why don't you just keep us safe? A pipeline just got hacked. Gas wasn't flowing. The whole East was out of gas. Maybe it's more important to have cybersecurity to keep that from happening again than all this other stuff that's going on. Just a thought. Because... We're more concerned with social justice issues than we are with our security. People don't want to have freedoms and liberties. They want to be told what to do, at least out here. I can scroll through endless social media posts of people that I'm connected with. And it's amazing what they are willing to give up so they can think they're secure, like wearing something, a cloth over your face. They're more comfortable wearing a cloth over their face. And they'd rather do that than have freedom. It's unbelievable. The Patriot Act just expired December 2020. You know, that led to the Snowdens and the Julian Assange's. 
because the Patriot Act allowed the NSA to spy on American citizens, record your information. Is that what you want? Big Brother spying on you? Now it's big tech, Facebook, social media, censoring you from posting, shadow banning you so your content doesn't get out there if you don't agree with what they say. Putting context is missing, therefore we need to put a link there. Or for more information, check out this. Putting their fact checkers on you. How many of you sit there and think of something and all of a sudden it pops up on your social media? You type in one thing and all of a sudden, boom. Or maybe you're having a conversation with somebody. This actually happened. I had a conversation with somebody. Next thing you know, the stuff we were talking about was popping up on ads on their phone. I kid you not. The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Check it out if you haven't seen it already. There was a U.S. District Attorney talking about at some symposium at USC. And um, remember Russell Brand talks about granting trust and authority to government? Should we question government? to see and make sure that they're doing the right thing? Well, here's what this U.S. District Attorney or Assistant District Attorney for the Central State of California had to say about what he thinks is the difference between or the balance between having civil liberties and having security and safety. Uh, I do think the American people, if they do want to have these techniques be effective at some point, and this is probably not popular to say these days, but they do have kind of trust people in authority to be, uh, you know, weighing these issues and coming out with the correct answer. Trust. It comes down to trust. Who do you trust? Take a look at things that have been going on over the last year or so. Do you trust your government? The governor of Michigan, scandalous now because of her trip down to Florida. First it was to see her dad. Then it was something else, and then it was something else, and then she took a private jet, and then her, her uh, campaign didn't pay for it, but then maybe it did, and then it was like, oh, now she took a charter that wasn't even FAA approved, and then it goes on and on and on. What about Gavin Newsom? Stay home, but he's out eating at the dirty laundry, French laundry, doing some laundry, eating someplace up north. His vineyards are open. Do as I say, not as I do. You trust the people that are taking away your civil liberties in lieu of safety? I guess that's a question you have to answer. But do the investigation. Check it out yourself. What kind of trust are you going to give people? Two weeks to flatten the curve. California, 15 months later, we're still flattening the curve. How many times are they going to say one thing and do another thing? Ever wonder why it's a federal crime for, the, for someone to lie to the government, but if the government lies to you, it's okay? Just a thought. Back in 1965, Paul Harvey came out with something. If you don't know who Paul Harvey was, Paul Harvey was a a guy, a news, a a radio guy, but he was a a news in the news business for the most part. He had a couple of things that would go on during the day. He would have about a 15-minute newscast that would talk about the different things going on in news. And, of course, this goes back to, you know, his early days, pre-television even, but it's not like the news of today. So he would come on and he have about 15 minute news throughout the day on different stations around the country. And then he would also have this thing called the rest of the story where he'd tell a story. It's about a five minute long piece. And so that's kind of what he became known for. Paul Harvey news, a 15 minute news segment that would be aired on the radio. He also did some TV and stuff, but then a five minute uh, rest of the story. You could just, you know, Google Paul Harvey and there's a lot of interest. In fact, if you really want something to do, 
Google Paul Harvey the rest of the story and see if you can find some of his broadcasts of the rest of the story. They're quite fascinating, about five minutes long. But here's something he broadcast back in 1965. Take a listen. Let me know what you think and how it applies to today. And does it relate? Again, think of it in today's terms, what's being said, and realize this was said in 1965. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the... So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, You'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey... Good day. 1965, he came out with that. 56 years ago. And the only thing I think he got wrong is Christmas isn't really represented by a bottle. I think it would be more the Christmas tree. Outside of that, everything in here. Subvert churches. 
do as you please. Isn't this an environment, a society of do as you please? I mean, we have the biggest society of do as you please. No responsibility. No consequences. Just do what you please. How about the Our Father, Our Father, which art in Washington? Isn't that what we look to? Society looks to Washington to solve the problems. Washington is a complete mess. Do you really want Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and to name anybody that's in Washington? Do you really want them to solve your problems? Do you really think they're the savior of your world? Not mine. Families are at war. Isn't that the truth? Churches at war. The promises of higher ratings. Mesmerizing media, fanning the flames. So true. And remember this 1965, you only had maybe what? The nightly news and a couple channels. I mean, you think about it here in Los Angeles growing up, you had Channel 2, CBS, Channel 4, NBC, maybe Channel 5, KTLA, Channel 7, ABC, Channel 11, which is KTTV, and Channel 13, which is KCOP. And then maybe you had PBS, which is Channel 28. And if you're lucky, you got what, KDOC or whatever it is in Orange County, Channel 56. But you had to switch to the UAF, uh, UHF to get those. So you had, what, like seven channels? And now today, we've got endless. But you've got the media, higher ratings, fanning the flames, fan the flames of the pandemic, fan the flames of elections, fan the flames of racial injustice. That's all they do for ratings. In fact, CNN came out, uh, Project Veritas, whether you agree with them or not, actually had a guy on tape saying that they would adjust the coronavirus deaths during the pandemic because it wasn't moving enough. So producers would call up and, and have them change the graphics. It's on video. The guy's saying it himself. Unbelievable. Fanning the flames. That's where we're at today. Deify science. Trust science. Trust science. Trust science. Science is everything. Unless science says it, we can't do it. Unless it's gender, then we don't believe science. Unless it's biology, then we don't believe science. Unless science now says we can take our masks off or we get vaccinated, but now we can't do that either. So I guess we only deify science when it fits our agenda. We substitute psychology for religion. Isn't that the truth? Take away the initiative from people. Take away the incentive from people. Kind of like the Robin Hood effect. Take and give to the bums sitting on the couch watching daytime television, which I guess has been me for the past year. I'll take it. But where have we come in society? You know, patriotism is discouraged. Did you ever think this country, and this is not a political statement, but did you ever think we get to the point in this country when non-citizens were considered more important than citizens? Think about it. Gavin Newsom closed a lot of businesses with his order to shut things down. He's given a lot of money to non-citizens, people that are just coming over the border. Current administration doing the same thing. Take politics aside, what about you? I've seen memes on social media saying people are going to give up their citizenship, they're going to leave the country, they're going to cross over illegally, and they'll have it better off. Granted, it's a meme, but there's some truth in those. 
have we come to in this country? What have we come to in this country when we're hoarding gas? Because I need it. I'm going to take so that they can't have it. We're going to hoard toilet paper. Really? It's a me first. Do you think this country would have ever gotten to the place it is if today's society started to build this country? Do you think we today as a society could get through the Great Depression, get through a great world war, and survive and rebuild? I don't think so. We're concerned with pronouns. We're concerned with transgender ideology. It's important, but it doesn't usurp everything. Someone posted a thing on social media that said that there's 9% of characters on TV, only 9% represent LGBT. And apparently that was offensive or wrong. There's only 4.5% of America that identifies as transgendered, LGBTQI, whatever else the acronyms were. 4.5%. It's a small amount. Where's, where's the balance? Do we upset the other 95% and make the other 95% and acquiesce to the 5%? Is that where we're at? Well, I guess we do that with the rich. We acquiesce to the 1%. I don't know. That's where we're at. And instead of sitting there and, and having dialogue, and instead of just talking about it and trying to come together as a community, we fight, we bicker. We block each other on social media. We break up. We don't talk to each other because your ideology is different. And if you're a non-masker, then you're evil. You're a threat after rewire my brain, says Rachel Maddow. Really? Why? Because I feel confident enough that I'm not afraid of a disease that's not going to do anything to me. Science, deify science. Paul Harvey, deify science. We got to believe science. Science, science, science. That's all we hear, right? Believe science. Science says that me... Me, 99.9%, if I get it, I'm going to survive. Science says 99.4%. I played a clip a couple weeks ago. I wish I should have grabbed it. Said that 99.4% of the people survive. Only 0.06% of the people are probably going to have severe or fatal experiences to it. That's a lot. We don't want anybody. But I'm just saying, at what point do you affect the 99.94% for the 0.04% or the 0.6%. Where do you draw the line? Who are you trusting? Who are you putting your trust in to make sure that they have your best interest and not theirs? How come you have to shut down, but they get to go out and eat? How come you have to stay home, but how many people traveled? Politicians traveled when they told you to stay home. Stay home for Thanksgiving. Don't meet with your families. But yet they met with their families. Dr. Fauci, stay home and wear your mask. And he's at a Nationals game, yucking it up with people, not wearing a mask. The saddest thing I think I've ever heard was people literally being locked down for a year and not seeing anybody, family, nothing. There was a story that someone told me, and I believe it. I believe it to be 100% because these people have incredible um, character. They wouldn't make this up. They wouldn't lie. There was a family that they knew of in North Dakota, uh, North Dakota, an elderly people. They were locked down for the longest time because they felt they needed to be, Right. They decided, you know what, we're going to end this. We're not going to be locked down anymore. They got in their car. They took off to go do something. Car accident died. So their fear of COVID kept them indoors, but yet they got out and then they died in a car crash. 
Now everyone's going to say, oh, they should have stayed home. Have you ever driven LA freeways? We put our lives at risk every single day. But yet, 99.94% of the time, we're going to be fine if we catch something, but no. To shut everything down. Who do you trust? Who do you put your faith in? Do the research. Check it out yourself. Raise the standard in you and do your own research. If there's anything that I ever play on the show that I want you to remember, it would be this. If the lion is the king of the jungle, how can he be the king of the jungle? If he's not the biggest, the elephant is probably one of the biggest. He can't be the fastest because that's the cheap. He can't be the smartest. So he's not the biggest, the fastest, or the smartest. So how does the lion become the king of the jungle? His mentality. That's the only difference of a lion and an elephant. When a lion walks up and sees an elephant, he thinks lunch. An elephant thinks run. Because when a male lion walks up, he may be outnumbered by a pack of hyenas. But I'm king of my jungle because of my mentality. Are you king of your jungle because of your mentality? Are you going to be that lion? Or are you going to be the elephant and run? Are you going to attack the pack of hyenas because of your mentality? Or are you going to run in fear? What are you going to do? That's what it comes down to. It's your mentality, your mindset. Are you going to have a mindset of a champion? Or are you going to have a mindset of a loser? Fear. Now, that's not to mean that we have to throw caution to the wind. But come on. The CDC said it's okay if you're vaccinated, take your mask off. Yet people are telling us, hey, we have to wear a mask. We have to wear double masks. I have to wear a mask even though I'm vaccinated. We see people do it all the time. Why? What's the mindset? We need more minds. We need to have a mindset of a champion in society that we're going to attack that elephant or that pack of hyenas. We're not going to run, but yet we run. That's all we want to do is run. What's your mentality? That's what it comes down to. Are you going to take your passion and make it happen and let yourself be great or not? Are you going to inspire other people by your actions or are you going to be the example that brings everybody down? Are you going to stand apart from the crowd because that's the right thing to do? Or are you going to go along with them because you're afraid to stand out, because you're afraid to be alone, because you're afraid to take a stand? What's your mentality? My mentality is that of a lion. I'm going to attack. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going to rise above. I'm going to take my passion, make it happen. I'm going to bring out the greatness in me. I'm going to raise the standard. I'm going to inspire. I'm going to motivate. I'm going to be the example so that others can rise up. That's what I've decided to do. What are you going to do? Only you can answer that question. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen. Let yourself be great. Hey, thanks for being with us here on this episode. We're live every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Pacific time on RadioWarp.com, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Also on Facebook Live, thank you. All of you on Facebook Live, we appreciate it. Um, and then also uh, you can find us on YouTube and on SoundCloud. If you go to uh, my Instagram page, there's two of them, 
There is the Two Steps Ahead podcast page, TWO, Two Steps Ahead podcast. And then my personal page, Edem Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Um, follow me. I'll follow you back. Um, but anyways, if you go there on the Two Steps Ahead podcast, you can see shows on IGTV. On my page, I put some highlights and then just more of me. But the main thing is, is that links in the bio, whether it's Two Steps Ahead or my page, brings up a list. There's the YouTube page. There's the SoundCloud page. Subscribe. You get notified when episodes get posted. Never miss an episode. Um, there's the merchandise, the swag shop. You click on that. There's merchandise. If you want a T-shirt, hat, summer's coming. Maybe you want some cool stuff to wear to the beach or to the lake or wherever you go. There's the swag shop. Um, and then there's links to like Pandora, Spotify, you know, places where you can actually listen to the show. You can listen to the show on demand anywhere you listen to uh, podcasts. It's TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Um, and then every Tuesday night. 10 p.m. Pacific time live on radiowarp.com, W-A-O-P. We also have an app, so if you can't be uh, near a computer but you want to take us with you on the go, just go to your uh, app store and search a Radio Warp app. Add the app in there, Radio Warp app, and you can download it and take us with you on the go. Um, throughout the week, there's a lot of great music. In fact, it was really cool. I got a, um, a notice from somebody in Brazil that uh, follows me on Instagram they don't speak English. I don't speak Portuguese, so I have to use Google Translate to go back and forth. But they listen to Radio Warp, and they like the music that's on there, pop music. Uh, so there's a lot of great music. There was one time where I got somebody from uh, Europe that sent me a message and said that they were um, found Radio Warp and loved the music. So I guess it's uh, pretty good music on there. Um, I like to think so. I program it. But anyways, there's a lot of good entertainment stuff. There's other podcasts there. Uh, there's The Beat Goes On. There's Sanctified Reason. There's Two Steps Head Podcast live Tuesday night, 10 o'clock Pacific time. Also, Mondays and Wednesdays, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time. So uh, Radio Warp, just a lot of great uh, entertainment there, and you can take it with you on the go. No commercials. So, hey, endless entertainment. Thank you for being with us. Appreciate it. Uh, reach out to me. DM me. Let me know what you think. Um, and again, this is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great, be kind, and we'll see you next time here on Two Steps Ahead Podcast.